Hey kids, this is me, Ice Robots, and we're back with another super exciting, super fun episode of World's Famous. This time around, man, we're gonna have so much fun. We're gonna talk about food cubes. We're gonna open some cards. We got some WCW cards. We got like, we got a new Motu and a package right here. We're gonna open up. It's gonna be great, dude. We're gonna have an awesome time. You're gonna leave feeling so much better than you are right now. But until we get to that moment, Grandmaster Grandpa, kick that beat. OK IC Robot, I am on the Tech 12. This is one time for your mind. The world's famous IC Robots show. As we join in, IC Robots is taking a hard-earned break after running test after test on various potential food cube antidotes. Oh man, I am so tired. I've been I've been in my lab. I've been up for like it feels like two, three days straight. I'm 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 here just like cranking away trying to find something that might just like might just like I don't know deactivate the uh, amount of stuff that people are, are consuming when they when they eat a food cube. But things. Things aren't gro going well. I've tried like so many different things. Like I gotta tell you, I don't have like the scientific acumen that, that of like a, a Batman or an Albert Einstein or whatever. But I, I'm doing my best, and just like things aren't going as well as I would have hoped. And and there there are like there are like continued reports of, of food cube zombies. It's it spread from Northern California. It spread into Europe. Last week we learned about France. Now I. Now we hear it spread into Spain and Greece and Portugal, and there's there's reports of like the Midwest, Marietta, Ohio is overrun by food cube zombies. They're in, they're all over the place, dude. It's just man, they're they're just like I don't know. It, it, so far, it hasn't it hasn't turned violent. They mostly they mostly just want more food cubes. They're not hurting anyone. They're not like doing anything like that. But I, I gotta I gotta do what I can do to to get on this. I. I've been banned from uh, all Pooptronics properties. I tried to I tried to go into work the other day and see if I can I can get a meeting with uh with Malcolm Stillwater, who you know from last week's interview. But I I, I guess my badge has been deactivated and they're 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 not letting me in. But um I gotta I just gotta keep. Let me see. Maybe maybe this will do it. Let me drop some of this onto this. No, it's not. I. I keep dropping various components on top of the food cubes, hoping that it'll disintegrate. But these things, these things are just like, they're very hardy. I don't, I don't understand how this stuff works. I think that's, that's the main problem. I, I don't really, I don't really have the knowledge to defeat this that I hoped that I would. And as far as I can tell, nobody else is even working on this. It seems like, it seems like people are just happy to be zombies. It seems like people are just happy to go through life with these zombies all around them. But I... I'm gonna keep cranking away. I'm gonna keep doing what I can do, but uh, let's let's move forward. I guess there's there's no hope in dwelling in the negative. Let's uh, let's move forward. And, I don't know. Let's pop open some cards. If you guys have any ideas, hit me up at Izzy Robots on the tweets. Now let's return to Earth. open a pack of weird trading cards. Contrary to popular belief, you don't have to get in the ring to get your hands on these guys. Introducing the Stomp Collection. Sting, Lex Luger, Ric Flair, all the legends of World Championship Wrestling, wherever trading cards are sold. All 
Alrighty, tidy whitey, it is me and we are back. Man, I am tired. Working in the lab is like really taking a lot out of me, but uh, you guys don't want to hear about that. You want to hear about cards? You want to hear about these 1991 WCW World Championship Wrestling Trading Cards by Impel. I don't know a lot about Impel, to be honest. I don't, I'm not familiar with any other cards that they came out with, and I didn't, I didn't do any research. But let's, uh, let's see what we have here. There are 162 cards in this set, including two checklists. How it kind of works is like... There's maybe like one, two, three, like, I don't know, 20 different people in here. And then they do like, for example, the Southern Boys. They go from card 129 all the way to 138 are the Southern Boys. Then 139 all the way down to card number 150 are Doom. And then, for example, 154 through 156 is Jim Ross. This is Jim Ross's rookie card as I understand it. Now, the way, the way I look at this is the first card of the dude numerically would be their number, would be their rookie card, rather. So, for example, 103 is the rookie card of the Steiner Brothers, so on and so forth. There was another company called Championship Marketing that may have put a set of WCW cards out ahead of this one, but the exact publication dates are not known by me or by anyone. But a lot of these, uh, a lot of the people who were WCW stars at this time were featured in a 1988 uh, NWA Wonderama trading card set. So you're not going to get like, you're not going to get like your uh, Ricky Morton or any of these guys. But there there are a few WCW mainstays in here that do have the rookie. Uh, for example, El Gigante. For example, Jim Ross. For example, Brian Pillman. Card number 55 is a Brian Pillman rookie card. Let's open these up. They're plastic. So we're going to use we're going to use the Vidal Sassoon scissors to bust into these. And we're going to see what we're going to see what is contained therein. The very first card that we have here is a Flying Brian card number 56. Not the rookie, but it's close. And then we have a Steiner Brothers. This is card number 112. Man, I was such a big fan of the Steiner Brothers back in the day. I was more I was more into uh, Rick Steiner than Scott Steiner back when I was watching WCW on TV every week, but I still did uh, eventually grow to love Scott Steiner as much as anybody. Then the next card we have is Ricky Morton, one half of the Rock and Roll Express. Some could make an argument that uh, the Rock and Roll Express is the greatest tag team of all the time in space, and Ricky Morton was definitely the linchpin of that team. How it would kind of work was like, Ricky Morton was considered cute at the time, and his partner Robert Gibson, right? They would... They would have it to where, like, Ricky Morton would get, like, beat and beat and beat and beat up. He'd be beat bloody with his blonde hair turned red. Then eventually, he would make the hot tag to Robert Gibson, who would come in and clean house. It was a tried and true formula that worked for many, many years. Then you have card number 33. This is Sid Vicious, who is from Memphis, Tennessee. His favorite hold is the power bomb. I, myself, I was never, like, a Sid Vicious guy. Sure, he was gigantic. Sure... He was buffed, but I never, not never thought that he was, like, an interesting character or an interesting anything. He did cut some funny promos, but they were more, like, laugh-at-you funny to me rather than, like, like scary or whatever. But at, at any rate, the next card is Doom. Doom was a tag team made up of uh, Ron Simmons and Hacksaw Butch Reed. They were, they were pretty tough, dude. These were a couple big, burly guys who, uh, let's see, Ron Simmons' favorite hold, Power Slam. Butch Reed' favorite hold, Clothesline. When it comes to brute strength and unbridled power... It's tough to find a stronger tag team than Ron Simmons and Butch Reed. I agree. These guys, these guys started out under masks. Then eventually they took them off. Ron Simmons went on to be a WCW champ, and he had a lot of success in the um, WWF as well. As a tag team uh, member called the APA with him and uh, Justin Hawk Bradshaw. They they were pretty tight. Then you got Tommy Rich. 
Tommy Rich's card number 96. Tommy Rich at one time was the NWA World Champion. I think he held the uh, title for five days, four days. There's a lot of uh, weird rumors and innuendo about that that we're not going to get in here. This is a family show. Then you have Dutch Mantel, Dirty Dutch. I'm a big fan of Dirty Dutch. Dirty Dutch is, uh, let's see. His favorite hold is any hold that doesn't hurt. I don't know if that's a good idea. I want all my holds to hurt. Not me, per se, but I want them to hurt the other guy. Then we got the fabulous Freebirds. On uh, the card here is a nice picture of a Michael P.S. Hayes. Then on the back, this is the, uh, the gorgeous Jimmy Garvin, Jimmy Jam Garvin, Michael Hayes version. Not the uh, Terry Gordy version with uh, Buddy Roberts and uh, Michael Hayes that tore up the uh, world-class territory back in the day. Far inferior version, but still, still pretty fun if we all want to be honest about it. Then we got Lex Luger. Back in the day, me and my brother used to call Lex Luger Flex Flubar. And we just thought that was like the funniest thing in the world. Let's see. Flexi Lexi here is 6'5", 274. His favorite hold is the Power Slam. And then it says, Ric Flair looks for a landing zone as Lex Luger is about to inflict the Gorilla Press Slam. Lex is a former professional football player and has used brute, brute strength and his uh, quickness to become one of the most feared combatants in wrestling. I, I think it's interesting that like... They always like to hype up how the dude is a former football player, and I get it. I get it. Being in the NFL makes you a top-level athlete, but I I would be more impressed with somebody who's like, this guy's a former wrestling champion, or this guy's a, more, a former karate black belt. That's like that's like somebody goes into the NFL and they go, this guy has a black belt in taekwondo, and they, they cite it as like, this is going to be his uh, most exciting his most exciting attribute. I mean, I'm sure they would mention it, but it would be mentioned more of like, some kind of, like, colorful anecdote, but they always say, uh, this guy's a former football player. Like, it's gonna make him the toughest dude in the block. Not to say football players aren't tough, because they definitely are. Then we have, uh, Teddy Long. Teddy Long was the manager of Doom. He's wearing a pretty fly Doom, uh, t-shirt here. He's wearing a blazer, a do-rag, and a, uh, really cool t-shirt, and it says, Occupation, Manager of Doom. That sounds like... That sounds like your worst manager over at the Walmart or whatever. Teddy Long manages some of the most wicked wrestlers in the sport. Although they are not always the most popular, that doesn't bother Teddy. He points out fans don't win wrestling matches. Don't underestimate Teddy, though. He'll do anything to get ahead. His motto, we gonna rule the world. That's a good one. And then the next one is Sting. This is card number nine. Nice little Sting card here. Uh, Sting's still around today, dude. He's in AEW, just like uh, managing... We call him like a manager best pal of Darby Allen. It's nice to see Sting on TV, but it's weird because he has his face painted like he's the crow and he hides in the rafters and he's all spooky. But then when he gets the microphone, he's still like, he's still like silly Sting, beating his chest, screaming woo and all that stuff. I don't know. I guess it works for him. So who am I? Who am I to complain? And the final card we have right here is Terry Taylor. Terry Taylor is a guy who, he has the look he has the skills, but for some reason, he never not never made it. I remember when he was in WWF, they started off his career as if he was like a like a job guy, like he was like an underneath guy, one of those guys who always loses to the stars. But then he got managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan. Bobby the Brain Heenan gave him like a red faux hawk down the middle of his head, and they started calling him the Red Rooster, and his gimmick was that like, he was like a living chicken. Like he would like chicken walk and like peck on the ground and stuff, and for whatever reason... This Red Rooster gimmick, like, killed all credibility that Terry Taylor had. This was the days when people actually cared about credibility in a wrestler. And, like, going forward, people never, not never took Terry Taylor seriously again. The fans would chant Rooster. And this is even back when he went back to the uh, UWF 
even when he went back to WCW. It just, like, it really killed him. Fans back then took wrestling far more serious than they do today. Well, guys, we, uh... We didn't get any exciting rookies in here. I was hoping to at least get a, fry, a flying Brian rookie, but we got nothing. We did get a Dutch Mantel. That's pretty cool. I like Dirty Dutch. We did get a uh, Terry Taylor before, or is this after he was the Red Rooster? This is probably before, I would imagine. Let's see what it says. Any, any reference to the Red Rooster? Arn Anderson prepares to meet the floor. It's not the first time wrestler has discovered gravity at the hands of wrestling's favorite scrapper, Terry Taylor. I would not say that he was wrestling's favorite scrapper, but that's fine. We're not gonna we're not gonna hold it against him. Yeah, gotta put something on the back of the cards. Well, my guys, I I hope that you have appreciated this look back into the days of WCW. A look back into the past when a WWF had a a main enemy in the form of WCW. They have a main enemy now, which is cool. But their main enemy is a group known as AEW, which I watch on TV every week and I like a lot. But for some reason, our guy Gino Vega. Hates it. Our guy, Teen Wundel, hates it. They hate it. We'll never watch it. And they don't know why. Because to me, it's really fun. A lot of cool matches. Sure, it's not old school. It's not like dudes grappling on the ground all that much. It's more like guys doing flips and dudes super kicking each other. But hey, man, that's what wrestling is nowadays. You got to change with the times. You can't expect everything to stay like it was when you were a youngster. Otherwise, we'd all be playing with Rubik's Cubes and uh, listening to uh, JJ Fad cassettes. Which would be fun. But it's not what we're doing. But anyway, uh, we're going to move forward. Um, let's see. I think up next is uh, Japanese League Baseball. This week in Japanese League Baseball. SoftBank's Hawks ace, Kodai Senga, threw a gem for his team but still came out on the losing end. His 13 strikeouts after 7 innings of work were only enough for a tie game and he gave up a 2 out. Bases loaded RBI single to Chibalate Marines DH, Brandon Laird. The Marines won 3 1 and currently have a 3.5 game lead on the Orcs Buffaloes atop the Pacific League. The lone game on Friday, an incoming Typhoon canceled two outdoor games, saw the Yakult Sparrows trounce the Yomiura Giants 8-2 at the Tokyo Dome. They hit three home runs, Domingo Santana, Tetsuyo Yamada, and Yotsuka Xiaomi hit a grand slam as they padded their lead in the standings over the Giants. And this has been This Week in Japanese League Baseball. That was This Week in Japanese League Baseball. There is only one man who can strike fear in the hearts of the mutants. Only one man with the power to seize control of the tri-solar galaxy. No matter what it takes. Only the most powerful man in the universe. E-Man. This is the Mo2 Minute with the man who sold Kaldor the acid that burnt off his face. I see robots. Yeah, that's me. I'm the dude who sold Kaldor that acid and that jerk poured it right on his own face. I mean, what was he even doing trying to look down the snout of the bottle, dude? That was really stupid. But, uh, at any rate, we all know Skeletor is not known for his intelligence. I got, I got a Motu right here. I bought this one on the online and we're gonna, we're gonna bust him open. I've actually had him sitting around my house for a couple weeks. He came from Fredonia, New York, sold to me by a guy named Jason on the online service known as eBay. He came... He came in this padded eBay envelope, which is fine because, uh, 
once we get into him, we're gonna see why this guy is not as fragile as uh, some of the other Mo2 figures. Let's see, he is wrapped in a small bit of bubble stuff. Let's use the Vidal Sassoon scissors once again. I just used them to uh, bust open the envelope, and we're gonna use them to bust open this small snip. We're gonna save the small snip. You gotta. You gotta reuse things whenever you can. And there might be a point in which I need to uh, like fill the corners of a package. So I'm gonna throw that in the uh, garage. And the figure we have right here in my hand is a very, very unique Motu figure. He is a guy that goes by the name of Grizzlore. Let's, uh, let's see what we can find out about Grizzlore real quick. Tell us what you know. A member of the Evil Horde, Grizzlaw is a hairy man-beast creature from the wild, covered in thick brown fur and sharp claws, who attacks his opponents with the power of brute strength. Most story media have portrayed him as a mindless brute with little in the way of intelligence. Grizzlaw is introduced into the Masters of the Universe toy line in 1985 early stories portray him as a kind of urban legend among the Eternians, a product of apparent tall tales about a wild man-beast which roams the night stalking its prey. Grizzlaw is portrayed as a mindless, savage killing machine, who is defeated by being shown his own reflection in a mirror, he apparently fears nothing but the sight of his own gruesome visage. So, in some ways, Grizzlaw is almost like the Bigfoot of the Eternian Wilds. Dude is very unique as a figure because he is covered with fur. Yes, our guy is like totally hairy. With, like, his face sticking out, he has fangs, some scary fangs, he has some red eyes. He's, uh, he's not as buffed as some of the other guys, but he makes up for it in his scary fur. He does not, um, in his scary fur, he does not have his accessory. The figure comes normally with the, uh, with the standard horde crossbow. His hands are, like, they're like a one, two, three, four fingered claw. So you need the uh, crossbow because that attaches more in the arms. He doesn't uh, have the ability to hold a weapon in his hand. And he also has the standard horde armor, which is which is like red and orange. He's really cool, to be honest. He's one I've wanted for a while. I bid in an auction. I think I paid $13.99 or $14.99 plus a couple dollars shipping to get him, uh, get him sent my way initially. He came out in 1985. Let's see what we can learn from this. Uh, I got the Pixel Dan, Toys of He-Man, Master of the Universe, Omnibus. One of the original members of the Evil Horde, Grizzlor fits the theme of being based around a movie monster motif. The standout feature on the figure is his fluffy, fur-covered body. The fur was fitted over a unique body piece with no sculpted muscles. As a result, the figure does not feature waist articulation. Also, there's a variant. There is more of a light-skinned, uh version of his face which is sort of it's sort of orange honestly and then there's like a darker one that's almost near black from what i understand the black was like the original one but they kind of stopped production of that one for a while and then they moved on to the uh, lighter lighter more orange skinny skinny uh, one i i dig this guy a lot he also has like an armband a horde motif armband. Dude is cool, dude. You gotta, you gotta give it up to the evil horde. I don't know if these guys ever got the credit that they deserved. I, I also read on the online that the last wave of the WWE Masters of the Universe, WW Masters of the WWE Universe or whatever. I'm really hungry right now. I got up and I, I went to the gym and it's, uh, it's hot. It's hot right now. Like the last days of summer. 
are kind of holding on. You know how that happens sometimes? Like you get toward the end of the summer season and they just, it holds on for a little bit. It doesn't want to go. And today's hot. And I, I went down to the gym and did some hanging and clanging because I wanted to get it done before the, uh, before the temperature got too high and I haven't eaten lunch yet. And man, I feel, I feel a little faded, but, uh, I saw the last wave of the, uh, masters of the WWE universe is starting at his stores today. You got, um, let's see, you got a junkyard dog who has like spikes on him. He's like spike or then there is a Sergeant Slaughter. The Sergeant Slaughter has like a man at arms kind of deal going on. And he's honestly like very much, very quite cool. I like him a lot. And if I see him on the store, I'm going to grab him up. Then you have a giant-sized uh, Andre the Giant who is made after, I think, what's his name? Tyranitor? Titantor? I forget. He's he's one of the, um, originally one of the two hardest find Motus in all of time and space. They're like, there's like a giant guy, and then there's like a giant green monster. And these ones were toward the waning end of the series, and they wound up only being uh, released in Europe, incredibly hard to find, and the Andre is... In the uh, visage of the uh, one of these guys, and I'm looking forward to all these dudes. Honestly, I want to get the uh, Sergeant Slaughter for sure. I'd get the Junkyard Dog, but the reason I'd get the Junkyard Dog is to kind of strip him of his stuff and sort of use him as like a Remco kind of wrestler guy, and then I'd probably end up giving the armor to somebody else. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't like super go out of my way to find the JYD, even though I do like the uh, the dog. But if I saw him, I'd definitely get him. The Sarge is one I, I for sure want. And I do I do want the Andre. There's one more in the, uh, in the set. Let's see if I can use the powers of my mind to dig deep and find out. Find out who is the fourth one in the wave. Use your mind. Use the powers of your mind. It's Brett the Hitman Heart, who I am not like... I'm not a giant fan of Brett the Hitman Heart. When I was younger, I thought he was really cool. I honestly did because I was a fan of the Heart Foundation. I thought it was pretty neat how he broke off and he went solo and stuff. But, like, ever since then, he, I don't know, he's kind of self-righteous. And it's fine. He's, um, he's an important figure in all of this. But, you know, he's not my favorite guy. I, I do like him. But he's, he's kind of like, he's kind of in the vein of Triclops. They're sort of playing off his uh, famed sunglasses. And they're they're making him like a, a visor. I don't know. It's okay. I wish they would have continued this line, to be honest, because I do think they are kind of cool. The Andre is really neat, man. That's the uh, that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. But he's the biggest, and I do sort of think that he's gonna be hard to find. I kind of think that these are all gonna be hard to find because it feels like it feels like once these lions start to die, and this is the last one, it kind of kind of gets less coverage in the toy stores. Than we would have liked. So keep your eyes peeled for those. Those are going to be coming out pretty soon. Uh, if you see an Andre or a Sarge, hit your guy up at the uh, at the tweets at icrobot.tweet. Uh, let's move forward to the show. I got to go get some food, dude. I need some G's of peas. I need some protein. I need at least 12 G's of peas right now and a little bit of carbs. We'll be back in a sec. A look at this week's flea market acquisitions. All righty, tidy whitey, I am back. I headed uh, over to the kitchenette and grabbed myself a handful of peanuts and a slice of turkey. Peanuts are great, man. They got nine G's of pea per serving, which is equivalent to a serving of ham. And they, uh, they're salty. So they kind of like satiate that need for like a snacky snack. And, and the high amount of protein sort of, it sort of leaves you filled. You know what I'm saying? Like you feel filled 
even though like you haven't eaten like a lot. So they're a delicious snack if you um if you feel the need for a few G's of pea, grab some peanuts and uh you'll feel fine. Let's see what's going on. The um the flea market was kind of a drag this past week, to be honest. There was a rainstorm the night before, a rare Northern California rainstorm on the uh, Saturday, and that kind of that kind of kept the vendors away for the most part. So there wasn't like there wasn't like a ton of people in Santa Rosa or at Sebastopol, but still, we went out there and 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 did what we could do. Looked around a bit. I I found some comics. Let me um let me grab these and we'll talk about these for a sec. I got I got issues one through four of Justice. Justice was a, a new universe title. I don't know if you guys remember the new universe. I think it came out in 1983. It was a Marvel product. And when this when this came about. I was in it to win it, dude. I was, like, heavily into comics. That was back when fantasy books and games was in full effect here in Santa Rosa. And I would, like, I would take the money my parents gave me for lunch. And I would walk over there after school and I would I would buy comics. This is back when comics were 75 cents. I'm looking at this one here. 75 cents. You can't, you can't beat that price. And the, uh, the, the new universe was, it was, like, really hitting with me. This was a gimmick that they, that they had where they decided they were going to create a whole new universe. Hence... Hence the title where not a bit of it was bogged down with, like, any kind of Marvel whatever. And I was in it, dude. I was in it. I felt like, this is for me, man. This is the new universe for young guys like me. No more Spider-Man. No more uh, X-Men. None of that stuff. It's all new universe all the time. And I bought just, like, all the new universe titles, man. And I was just, like, I was enamored with these. My favorite was, uh... DP7, which is about a team of like seven dudes who all had powers. I don't, I don't, I don't have a lot of recollection of justice, but when I saw this, I, I couldn't pass it up. They were only 50 cents each. So I paid $2 for these issues of justice. Not bad at all. They're actually below the cover price. As I recall, in the Marvel uh, New Universe, there was a thing called the White Event. And when it happened, like certain people got powers or whatever. And this guy, Justice, was like, he was like the, uh, what do they call it? The exception that proves the rule. There were supposed to be, like, no superpower dudes before the white event, but there was Justice. Justice apparently, like, came from another dimension or something. I think this was, I think this was written by Jim Shooter. I'm not certain, the great Jim Shooter, but, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna read these, and then I'm probably gonna send them to my, to my nephew in Arizona. He's gotten into comic books recently he's been getting some collector comics at a shop near his house and i'm gonna i'm gonna support him in any way i can by sending by sending uh bad comics like justice his way i i was thinking about this you know he's like 10 or 11 or 12 or 13 or whatever he is and to him these comics are the equivalent of getting like 60s or 50s comics when you were when you were first getting into it. These are from the 80s, dude. The 80s was like 30 years before he was born or whatever. So these are just like, these are like the equivalent of like 1940s comics since uh, I was born in the 70s. But he'll like them, I think. I hope he reads them. I'm not sure if he reads his comics or if he just like collects them for like perceived value. I hope he reads them. It's cool to like, it's cool to take care of things that have a perceived value. And I do buy comics because I, I hope that they're going to go up in price someday. But it's important to like, it's important to read them and enjoy them and to, like, internalize the stories because they're books, dude. It's fun to read books. It's cool to read comics. I I appreciate them on that level more than I do in the, in the, in the value level. But I, I bought these comics from this guy who's been coming to the flea market the past few weeks. And he's, he's not a bad guy by any means, but he's overly friendly. 
which is something that, like, kind of gets on my nerves. Like, I'm flipping through the comics. There's, like, five or six, seven long boxes on this table, and they're all, they're all fine. They're all good stuff, you know? If you, if you were to pick some of these comics up at the store, they're going to cost, like, five, six bucks each, but he wants, like, 50 cents. They're all, like, 80 stuff. He, he's told me that, like, he used to collect heavily back in the days, but he's, like, he's trying to clean out his house, and he just wants to get them out, and he'll bring them down to the flea, get what he can get for them. But dude is, like... Dude is, like, overly friendly, and every time I go and I buy from him, he starts telling me his life story, which is fine. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cut somebody off. I figure that, like, if you're going out of your way to tell strangers your story, it might be that, like, it might be that you have some issues with loneliness in your life. Maybe it's the pandemic, you're not getting out enough, whatever. So it's like, if he wants to tell me, I'll politely listen, but I do wish that he wasn't telling me, because I just want to, I just want to flip through the comics, and I, I sound like a total jerk right now, but, like, the guy tells me how we used to play with Carlos Santana's band back in the day and how we used to play with, like, all these various groups like the Tommy Castro Band, which is, like, this popular local group, the Wonder Bread Five and all these guys. And it's fine. It's cool. But, like, the way he relays these titles, these stories to me, rather, it's always it's always very, uh, very braggy. Like, well, you know, back when I was playing with Carlos Santana back in, uh, you know, the Fillmore in 78, we were... We were all backstage smoking doobies, and then Jerry Garcia dropped in. He was just like, you guys want another doobie? So we hit that doobie, and then we were all advised to stay away from the brown acid at Woodstock, but we didn't stay away. You know, we ate triple tabs, and we were just like, we were tripping, dude, and all the all the black light posters on Hate Street were just like, they were really bugging us out. And then uh, Jefferson uh, Airplane showed up. This was back before they were Jefferson Starship, and they, they actually did build this city on rock and roll, but like, when I was hanging out with Carlos, you know, me and Carlos would, like, go out, and we would we would be tripping on the brown acid, and he would be, like, taking his shirt off and all this stuff. And it's, like, it's cool. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not, like, bagging on the guy or whatever. But, man, I don't, I don't want to hear your life story when I'm, when I'm trying to buy comics. And I realize I feel like a, a total jerk, but it feels like, it feels like listening to the stories is the uh, price you pay for the low-quality comics. And when somebody starts telling me their life story, I always want to turn and go, well, you know, let me tell you about myself, uh, blah, 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 blah. But then I'm afraid that they'll actually be interested and not realize that I'm, I'm being sarcastic. But, uh, at, at any rate, I got these comics. And then I also picked up an issue of Wizard. I got, uh, issue number 61. I'm trying to get a full set of Wizard, the comics magazine. I got them over in some Princeton files on my, um, on my shelf by my records. And this was one I didn't have, so I was pleased to get that, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to file it away. I pretty much buy any back issue of Wizard that I see, because either it'll be like a reading copy, or it'll be like a collector copy. I I love Wizard Magazine. I, I miss it so much. I was most into comics when Wizard Magazine was on the shelf, because Wizard would give me a really good idea of what I should buy and what I might like, whereas websites, they don't seem to like give me that info as much as I as I want, because Wizard was like an inside thing. They had people at Marvel, they had people all over the place, and they would like, they would break things down months before they come out, but it seems like comic book websites, they only break things down after they've come out, and they can't find them on the shelf. But, uh, that's another lament for another time. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not gonna get into it right now, but, uh, let's see. What else do we have on the, uh, on the sheet here? Oh, we got, a uh, we got an all-new PSA from the uh, world-famous Council Against Food Cubes and for Health and Nutrition, or something like that. Let's, uh, Let's see what those guys have to say, and then we will be right back. And now a public service announcement from the world's famous Anti-Food Cube Council on Nutrition and Health. This is MLB great Steve Balboni, and I have something important to say. Please, do not 
eat Pooptronics food cubes. From what I hear, they're full of the stuff and can get you hooked and turn you into a zombie. Don't eat them. Get a slice from Sal and Carmine's or a nice medium rare baseball steak from Peter Luger's and Great Neck. This is Steve Balboni, and I would never steer you wrong. This has been a public service announcement from the world's famous Anti-Food Cube Council. I'm here at one with nature, clearing my mind, clearing my thoughts, getting myself prepared spiritually, mentally, emotionally. I've forgotten what it's like to lose. This is world's famous with your host, PC Robots. You know what, dude? It really warms my heart to see Steve Alboni out there fighting the good fight. It's nice to know he's on our side, that he's anti-food cube. It's awesome. Big shout out to him. Big shout out to the uh, world-famous anti-food cube council on uh, nutrition and health. I I myself am a member. I recommend you guys join up. Let's see what else is going on. Let's, uh, let's pull the animal card for the week. These are, uh, of course... Messages from your Animal Spirit Guide by Stephen D. Farmer. We're going to just pull one right off the top. Oh, this is one we got before, but one that I, I think is fitting. One that I'm always happy to do. And this is the power of the Kiwi. The power of the Kiwi says this. Do a walking meditation each day for the next week. Now, last week we were trying to give up something that uh, we feel may may aid and abet our unhealth. For example, for me, I gave up potato chips because I love Lay's potato chips from the bottom of my heart. I'm still off the potato chip tip. Haven't had one in a long time, which is which is great. It's uh kept my calories down and I I appreciate that. I appreciate seeing a little more um a little more of a svelte figure, all thanks to that. But uh while we're on the tip of giving things up for the week, why don't we take something up for the week and let's Let's go out for a walk every single day. I take the dog out for a walk. I hit her up for a couple miles. It's always fun. Walking is nice as a way to get out of your house. Nice to see what's going on in your hood. A lot of people put things out for free, which is always nice. It's uh, just a good way to get out and about and also get some exercise at the same time. So let's, let's go ahead and do a walk every day next week. Rain or shine. Maybe you got to do it in the morning. Maybe you got to do it at night, but we're going to do it and it's going to make us all feel better. We're all going to go walk the earth, but not in a uh, depressive state. We're going to walk the earth in a happy state, enjoying those things that are out there. I can't tell you how many weird things happen to me when I'm out walking. And these these things make up a lot of the uh, a lot of the show info, show infotainment. I'm trying to think I'm trying to think if there's anything else crucial that uh, has been going on around here. Honestly, not really that much. Uh, just did that trip, talked about that, got back from the trip. Just been trying to um, trying to get into the uh, state of being an on-air person again. My mood is on an upswing. It's been on an upswing for a while now, so that's that's all good in the hood. I I can't really think of if there's anything else. Uh, next week. Next week, we're not going to be here. We're not going to be doing the show next week. I got some uh, repairs being done in the house. and It's going to take up some time and blah, 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 blah. But after that, we're going to be back. We're going to start some special Halloween episodes. I got two pack of spooky, wookie trading cards we're going to open. Shout out to Preston for that idea. You can find him at Squared Stiff. He uh, does his own show called The Wayback Attack, which is a lot of fun. He sent me an idea. He said, why don't you get some spooky cards and open them? So I did. And we're going to do so. And it's going to be fun. 
So I'll miss you guys next week. I'll post some kind of a classic Halloween episode from the past. Maybe maybe the top five universal monsters of all the times in space. That was a classic episode of the Toys R Us report. So I'll drop that next week. You guys will enjoy it. And then we'll be back the week after that with some more fun. So until we meet again, this is the guy I see robot signing off saying if you don't like the news, go out there and make some of your own. All right, um, man, bring an organ. And you know I got to have that. Some people listen because they want a mystery Some people listen, then say we're whack But if they miss the show, they get the heart attack Now look at you, you're sitting there, biting your lip The whole world sees you as a hypocrite Live out the first law and make yourself preservation If the show doesn't help you, change the station If you don't want peace in the world Love, peace, and happiness in an endless world If all you want to do is keep the whole world back You're the one that's whack And we're world's, world's, world's famous Yo, Slick Blow. That's right. I see Robots Radio is a listener supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. I see robots, this is Malcolm Stillwater up on the moon base. Listen my lad, it's not too late for you to come back into the fold. All you have to do is quit telling people about the stuff. Look, you know and I know that the stuff is in food cubes but is that so bad? It tastes quite good and yes, it is addictive but so is cocaine and sugar. I don't hear you talking about them. Why not give me a call? I can make it worth your while to stop this smear campaign against the cubes. How about a nice promotion to vent cleaner category 2, a 2% pay raise and 3 extra vacation hours a year. What do you say laddie? It's quite a deal and if you don't take it well, let's just say. It wouldn't be good for you or for anyone you know. Oh, okay then, talk to you soon.